Bouquet. 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 Yeah. an eye appointment yeah yeah because uh, i need to get new glasses because i'm afraid mine are gonna fall apart someday oh my gosh really yeah they are like um maybe more than a decade old what Seriously? like i don't re- i don't remember the last time i went to the eye doctor man you might yeah. even get a new prescription and I, it's possible I hope, to see I again hope you get a new yeah i mean everything is what well, like everything has been a lie so yeah. far like no, that's My a eyes great... are so bad and so altered that I'm seeing just an alternate universe. Yes. What things it, really that's are. That's pretty like... much how it is. <laughs> I don't think that's right. Yeah. Are you in a time crunch? What? Yeah. Well, you said you wanted to oh, do it uh, earlier. Yeah. There... <laughs> time crunch. Like, I'm not like in a in a time warp or something like that. Like, no. that's. <laughs> but do you know uh, you no, go no, by I'm a certain a... time? Are yeah. You in a, a mind bottle? <laughs> no. No, uh, a friend of mine wanted to get coffee a little bit later in the evening, uh, okay. a little after uh, about seven thirty. So, okay, which so is the, ex- the exact time that you guys had said, like, "Oh, let's do this." Like, <laughs> I don't know if I can. I don't know. All right. Well, we should probably get going then. Yeah. Yep. Um, all right. Well, welcome to We Should Know Better, uh, the podcast where we know what we're talking about. Oh. Twenty uh, percent of the time, I think that's that's generous, right? Yeah, Citation so. needed. Citation needed. Yes. So I I am your host this week, Kyle, and with me tonight are Sky, and I'm Tim. As always. As always. I'm so glad to uh, to get it, this uh, game in this week. I really sort of like where we're starting, and I I, I have a really good starting area for this. I, I'm a little. I'm not sure how this is going to wrap up, but we'll we'll get started and, and see where it goes. Because I, I have one good story, and that's really about all I got for you guys this week. Sorry, uh. but uh, we have a pretty good uh, pretty good opening game at least. What I've been doing, and uh, regular listeners will know, whoever is that person who left us a review, our 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 regular listener. Thank you. <laughs> yes, they will know probably. But it, it, when I am hosting, I generally. Start our opening toss-up game using a reference to the Family Game Book, which is a, uh, a, a terrible uh, book that I picked up in a thrift shop. And it is from the 60s, and it is chock full of games that are meant for, quote-unquote, educational games for uh, children 6 to 10 years old. And they really do want to push that, except for also the chapter on uh, games for just dads and sons. Because that's a chapter that is just, you know, they're special. I did actually look at the um, games for boys and fathers. Yeah. And here's the thing. Like, it's pretty much arts and crafts and math. <laughs> I'm really amazed. At, like, I'm looking at one here that is uh, how to build a mobile. Okay. And then there's one that is, uh, like, uh, whittling, whittling wood. All right. So, like, that's, Manly. there's that. Yeah. And then like five different variations on the game of dominoes. Great. So math. That's great. Yeah. And then to make like to help the kids make uh, musical instruments out of household objects. Mm-hmm. Like I don't understand why these are just dads and sons, but sure. I, yeah. You know, why not? That's... They have a sing along. That's 
the most manly thing you can do in the 60s. Wow. Those seem really random. I know. I don't, I still don't understand why this can't be, anyway. Hmm. Uh, I'm going to give you guys the name of one of the games in the chapter called Educational Games for Boys and Girls 6 to 10, and you guys get to tell me what that game is. And the closest one uh, wins, of course. So Sure. Oh, it has to be the closest? That's, that's how oh, that works. Closest and or funniest. Okay, good. By my determination. Sorry, guys. All right. So tonight, uh, I've been excited about this one. This is under the heading Funny Art Games, actually. They, funny Art Games? <laughs> yeah. They specifically made this uh, called Funny Art Games. The game that we would be playing tonight is called Picture Bouquet. Picture okay? No, picture. No, not okay. Not okay. Picture, <laughs> picture not okay. Picture not okay. It fixed the TV screen. Uh, <clears throat> picture bouquet. Picture bouquet. Okay. Bouquet. 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 Yeah. And so take a couple seconds, and whichever one of you would like to take the first crack at uh, what in the world is picture bouquet. Okay. Okay. Well, man, I might go. I might go the legit route. Yeah, that's fine. What you do is you get some popsicle sticks, you get some construction paper, and you make flowers out of the construction paper. And then you take pictures that mean something to you. I guess in the 50s, it's going to be basically all the pictures you have that your parents <laughs> let you cut up. And you cut them to put them in the center of flowers, and then you have a nice bouquet. You put them in a pitcher, and then it's a pitcher bouquet. Wow. It's guy, a picture right, picture bouquet. Right up until that last pun, that was kind of adorable. Yeah. I, <laughs> it's a very, very <sighs> nice thought. All right, Tim, what do you got? Okay, I'm also going the legit route. Oh, man. Wow. Very legit. Um, picture bouquet is when mom sends you to the park uh, <laughs> to meet with the, the, the florist. Uh -huh. uh, he's a man uh, in a nondescript coat <laughs> who drives a nondescript car. Okay. And he's going to give you the picture bouquet, which is um, all these photos of daddy with another oh, no. pretty looking girl. Oh, no. <laughs> and you have to bring this bouquet back to mom without dad seeing. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Such intrigue. Now, That's picture bouquet. I want to know how this game ends. In we know how it ends. It, it ends in court. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, I want to give Sky this one because... He actually improved on what the real game is. <laughs> I kind of figured that would happen. I just made it sad. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. All right. So the description for picture bouquet is go through old magazines and look for brightly colored pictures of flowers. Mm. Don't, don't actually make the flowers. Just right. go find pictures of flowers. Cut each picture out carefully. Now paste them all onto a large sheet of paper so they form a bouquet. If you can find a picture of a vase, vase. Wow. Wow, that's Base. really boring. Yep, not going to do that. Boring and useless. Uh, add it, add it. And then uh, try making several picture bouquets. What? Some with mixed flowers and some with just one kind of flower. One kind I of mean, flower. Just, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. I can't, I can see how this kept the attention well, of many 6 to 10 year old children. Amazing. You got to remember that this was nearing like the duck and cover phase of, of life. <laughs> um, so maybe this was... Uh, conceived with the notion that there might not be any flowers anymore on the earth. <laughs> and that I'm pictures of flowers are all that we would have left. 
Well, Tim. Johnny, this is what we this is what daisies used to look like. <laughs> Man, I'm telling you, Kyle, this is like a a, a Cold War. Spy- I don't know what it, yeah. it's not a not necessarily just a code book, but it's just <laughs> yeah, it's like a survival manual after the fallout. Well, while your version of the game is much more Pinteresty, um, this <laughs> this one ends with one slight twist that you did you that you neglected to get to. Mm. Uh, also, you can try making some very funny-looking bouquets if you want to. Try adding vegetables, such as what? a carrot, in the middle of in what? the in the middle. What's of some that orchids. carrot doing in that bouquet? Or a tomato with some daisies. What you may even... <laughs> tomato? What you doing? <laughs> oh, you're What's so that silly. all the representation of plant matter doing in <laughs> this plant matter? You're so oh, that's crazy. That uh, you may even perch a picture of a bug. On one of the flowers. Something that might naturally appear with flowers. What? This is so so funny. You're you're so silly, Ladybug. Remember when we had bugs? God, Jimmy. (laughs) What if we die? Yes, guy, I suppose you win this round uh, in that you you improved on the game. uh, Because I would much rather do that with any kid that i know that sounds like a lot more fun to just make up your own flowers and or build the actual flowers with stems yeah oh my gosh that's mm. way more fun mm-hmm. uh, that's like what a kid with an imagination would just do you don't need a book <laughs> to tell him to Billy, cut out pictures of flowers Billy, stop stick a tomato in there <laughs> We're using a tomato this is what the book told us to do it's gonna be funny oh that's crazy <laughs> so <laughs> And uh, oh, oh my gosh! I forgot to give you the opening, uh, the opening page. Yeah. Uh, our opening page uh, tonight is the one. This is the thing that I actually had fun with. Uh, we're going to start at Teddy Bear. Cool. Uh, which is just its own page. Uh, you should be able to find it just by searching for Teddy Bear. It's adorable. Aren't they cute? So, uh, the Teddy Bear is where we're going to start, and we are going to. The Wikipedia page for snow, just uh-huh. just snow, because frankly, it's really frigging cold. <laughs> it's everywhere now. Suddenly. I'm so cold, guys. What a weird winter. <laughs> are, are we going to this page to try to find a way to fight it? What? Yes, specifically, <laughs> I want I want it's... to know how to defeat it. I want I want to bring it. I want to hold still beating heart in my hand. Uh, <laughs> cold black heart. That's right. So uh, you guys can help me figure out how to do that. But first, we're going to start at teddy bears because they're so cute. So show of hands, I suppose. Uh, how many of us had teddy bears as kids? I had one. I don't think I did. Really? Like a legit teddy bear? Yeah, like an actual teddy bear. That one that I cared about. Well, I mean, oh, like, what, is, oh. what do you mean by an actual teddy bear? It is a bear. It like is a stuffed, stuffed bear. <laughs> like, what, what, if it's, bear what if it's a panda? Oh, is that still a teddy bear? Uh, Does it have to be brown? Uh, yes. Well, let's look. Uh, <laughs> it's a soft Ted toy in the form of a bear. That's yeah. all it says. You know what? You know what? Yeah, I guess the panda counts. Yay! Did so? Did you? I did. Oh, okay. I thought you were just like asking, just to you know, just to be that guy to be like, well, what about other bears? No, I, I had I had a panda. I believe I also had a, like a not all teddy your bears. your standard um, American brown bear. <laughs> <laughs> standard American brown bear. 
Yes. And uh, a raccoon. Stuffed raccoon. Oh, that's pretty cool, too. Yeah, that's he's pretty, pretty cool sweet. Uh, well, tonight uh, we're starting here for one particular reason, uh, because I could not... The, the page that I wanted to start on does not exist, and I'm not industrious enough to write it. So we're starting here. I want to talk about one of the rivals of the teddy bear, actually. Hmm. Uh, but we're actually going to start here. Uh, you guys uh, continue looking for um, where we're going to go to get towards snow. Uh, while we're while we're here, I'm going to talk a little bit about the history of the teddy bear, which we know as uh, <clears throat> the teddy bear uh, as relates to U.S. President Theodore Roosevelt. Yeah. Uh, oh. Teddy was out with some of his buddies on a hunting party. He was hunting bears, specifically bears, and uh, a guy named Holt Collier cornered, clubbed, and tied an American black bear to a willow tree after a long, exhausting chase. Uh, they called Roosevelt over to uh, to kill it, essentially, so he could yeah. be the leader of the hunt, even though this, this bear had been, you know, put within a couple inches of its life regardless. When they said, like, he should shoot it, where they're basically like, Hey, look! We club this bear. It's tied up. You should yeah. shoot it. Yeah, this is this is the this is the uh, your goal of your hunt. I mean, just I, I think we're sort of skipping the um, one of the most prominent things about this is they cornered and clubbed a bear. Yes, I think it was a pretty small one. Yeah, it was. I, a, I would. It would have to be. I would think. Uh, it was, like, I, and I, I, I actually part of the reason that I'm talking about this tonight is that I just came across. An article about this a couple days ago. Um, it was uh, specifically a little bit small for its uh, for its age. I think it was a female bear, and uh, it had been kind of a rough season there, so it was uh, a little bit weakened anyway. Yeah. Uh, so Jeez. yeah, yeah, I know they basically got the runt. <laughs> I mean, it, it's yeah. not as it's not as pitiful as all that, but it's it's pretty pitiful. Yeah. And, um, so this, this little bear is all tied up to this tree. I mean, can you imagine a bear, even if, even after being clubbed, even after being a little bit dazed, just tie it to a willow tree and just be like, all right, let's, let's kill this. You know, let's do this hunt. Yeah. At what, at, at what point in your, you know, and rightfully so, uh, Roosevelt was like, this nope. isn't a hunt. <laughs> you know, that's not how this should go. One thing I didn't know is Wikipedia says here that there were several other hunters competing and most of them had already killed an animal. Yes. So they're saying, like, oh, we can't have our president be shamed. Yeah. Yes. So that's crazy. Uh, however, so we're going to tie a bear to a tree and have yeah. him kill it. Yeah. Yep. I'm if sure people just think that's fine. If that's not American. discover it. Yeah, if that's not American imperialism, I don't know what is. So he he decides to give this bear pardon essentially and say you know what this isn't let's let yeah you know, let's just, someone just kill it someone you know just yeah it out of its memory I don't, I don't think that's a pardon <laughs> well they they it's no longer it was no longer bleeding to death I guess so that's one way of going but but stories spread and uh, specifically a political cartoon in the Washington Post made it look like. Teddy Roosevelt was friends to bears. <laughs> and the, the bear in this cartoon definitely has Mickey Mouse ears. Isn't it cute? It's so darn cute, isn't it? <laughs> yes. Yeah. And inspired 
um, a toy maker, essentially. So he made this little stuffed bear cub and he called it Teddy's Bear. And uh, oh, and uh, so, so the toys became an immediate success and it they sort of exploded from there into wow. just everywhere. You he know. founded a toy company on it, basically. Yeah, yeah. It also says that he sent one of these bears to Roosevelt and actually asked permission to use the Teddy name. Which he only got because Roosevelt actually hunted that tiny little teddy bear and felt bad for shooting <laughs> toy. And, uh, you know, there you go. This is my like, bear. <laughs> the tiny little stuffed teddy bear's head is above his fireplace. Uh, that's adorable. That's adorable. <laughs> anyway, so think about this, though. Uh, here's the cool thing about this idea. This is a um, This is a piece of Americana that has been wholly based on a sort of folktale, folktale-ish, about one of our presidents. Now, have we, I, I could not think of another toy or uh, other, like, piece of, like, presidential memorabilia that has had this kind of impact on our, our culture. Yeah. So, I mean, the teddy bear has existed to this day, of course, and I, yeah, I had one as a little kid. I actually got one uh, when that at the hospital that I was born at, they just gave you a teddy bear. What no one, no one in our generation probably had though, was a Billy possum. And what? yeah, yeah. Uh, that's where I wanted to start tonight. The Billy possum was the successor to the teddy bear that no one really knows a whole lot about, except that Someone thought it would be a really great idea. Uh, Taft came after uh, Roosevelt. Mm -hmm. um, people uh, thought, you know, well, the <laughs> teddy bear caught on so well. This is such a great idea. Kids will love playing with another stuffed animal. But let you know, let's make this. This essentially was a voter, you know, like a little presidential tchotchke, like a little toy. I mean, this is on the same level technically as those we like Ike buttons, you know, really that's what it comes to. Well, and I, I said in the teddy bear article that Roosevelt used the teddy bear during his reelection somehow, Absolutely. yeah, like as a mascot. So, yeah. so that's kind of uh, the answer to this. So Taft, while he was on the, on, on the trail, essentially the election trail, he's, he went to a lot of different dinners and things like that. And among those, uh, uh, among his engagements included a, um, a dinner in the South and the chef at that particular, I don't remember whether it was Mississippi or, or somewhere farther South, man, I, I wish I could remember now. He was in Atlanta. Was it Atlanta? Yeah. Are you looking this up right now? Yeah. I'm on okay. the mental floss article. Oh, good. But... Yeah. Thank oh. you. Thank you. I appreciate I'll send it. Send it around. Um, but yeah, uh, they served him possum, uh, because that is a, thing <laughs> you can eat mm -hmm. i don't know why you would that's a thing that you would want to eat but you know they they served him that and i guess he really liked it like not just having like one or two servings of it but he ate enough possum that a doctor sitting nearby passed him a note to say like hey president you may want to slow down that's a lot of possum you you've seen Taft, right? Well, <laughs> yes. I don't. I doubt there's much you can put on his plate that he would not like. <laughs> I found an article from the Los Angeles Herald 
January 17th, 1909. The headline is Taft says taters and possum made an excellent feast. I was I was literally about to tell you about that. Yeah, he actually said it to the the public. Uh, something along the lines of, uh, not only was it delicious, uh, people told me that it would give me indigestion, and it did not. It like, did not disturb in the slightest yes. my digestion or my sleep. Can you imagine one of our presidents saying that now? Like, like by <laughs> the way, guys, last night's dinner totally digested well. Wait, okay. <laughs> Okay, I'm looking at this uh, mental flaws article. It talks about it's basically this possum and taters was a pile of sweet potatoes topped with an 18 pound whole cooked possum. That's exactly right. 18 pounds of possum. And so he ate it all. Yes. And then they presented him with a small plush possum. Yeah, that was the challenge. That sounds more like like a challenge. They also put his picture on the wall, you know. Yeah. I survived the possum. (laughs) <laughs> My stomach didn't play dead. <laughs> yes. No one really caught on, or bought into it. And there I literally there have been papers on how and why this did not catch on. And I really think it comes down to teddy bears are adorable. Yeah. Uh, possums are not adorable. Not adorable. Possums are sawtoothed rats. Yeah, large rats that can hang from trees. Also it's weird that they basically were like the company's slogan was goodbye teddy bear hello billy possum like you shouldn't diss something until you're sure people don't like it <laughs> like <laughs> yeah so anyway um yeah so the billy possum they really thought that would catch on did not catch on <clears throat> i mean but also again consider that uh you know, on one hand you have uh sort of this very American tall tale or folk tale about Roosevelt pardoning a bear by killing it, but pardoning quote unquote a bear for the, for the sanctity of the hunt and this really, really cute political cartoon of him pardoning this bear, this yeah. tiny bear cub that looks sort of like crazy cat. Now that I'm thinking about it, like it's not something you could just construct like that. Like you can't yeah. force that to happen. It's just something that happened, you know, it wasn't orchestrated. Yeah, so. well, and then when they did orchestrate it, we also, in the same event, we had a quote from Taft about how he ate so much possum, dudes, so much possum, <laughs> and, it, yeah. and it went down so well. So, I mean, clearly that's not going to work great, but uh, I've wasted so much time talking about this that you guys have got to have a page by now. I do. Okay, good. Mm-hmm. Also, I want to talk about teddy bear cops. There's a section of this Wikipedia know, article called Teddy Bear we really Cops. Could, we could literally spend this whole this whole episode on teddy bears. I'm sorry. It's really cool. It's because police, fire, and emergency officials found that giving a teddy bear to a kid during a crisis stabilized and calmed them. Uh, the NAPLC, which yes. is what? Uh, I'm North... National Association of Police and Lay, lay Charities, charities. Oh, yeah. created the Teddy Bear Cops program to distribute teddy bears to police, fire, and emergency officials throughout the United States for their use in providing teddy bears to children in emergencies. Also helping police, fire, and emergency officials deal with so, emergencies as well. Yeah. So that doesn't <laughs> actually have anything to, like, do the teddy bears, are they are they dressed as cops? No. Oh. When I see the term teddy bear cops, I want to see <laughs> either teddy bears dressed as cops or or cops working the stuffed animal beat. 
Yeah, I'm actually going <laughs> to edit this section uh, to be the teddy bear cop program instead of just teddy bear cops. Yeah, please do that. Because that would make much more sense. So, uh, I also anyway. Hand in, hand in your badge and gun, Teddy. You've gone too far. <laughs> gone too time. far, Teddy. Oh, but damn, that button nose. It's too adorable. <laughs> you put it in places on you horse. shouldn't, Teddy. <laughs> Told you not to go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> Told you not to knock the stuff into that the guy. The Billy Possum case was too hot. <laughs> oh, man. What if they had like, a, yeah, like the, the arch rival of the teddy bear cop is, is the Billy Possum. Yeah. He he had such a promising future, and you just lost, you know, just lost control. Billy Club Possum. Oh my gosh, it's so good. Can someone do a web comic of this? Can can we make this happen? Someone out there? It's gonna be you, Kyle. Oh man, crickets. I it's your I call. really <laughs> I really want to see this happen. Anyway, yeah, help us out here, Sky. Uh, so there's a few ways that I could. I almost clicked on alpaca because. Mm-hmm. I figured that would take me to talking about climate and stuff. Sure, sure, I'm with you. But then I saw polar bears. Oh, yeah. They're manufactured to represent different species of bear, like the polar bear and grizzly bear, mm-hmm. as well as pandas. There you go, Tim. Oh, yeah, right there, Tim. So well, I'm going to click on polar bear. All right. I like polar bears. That's that's also a good choice. I'm sure they will have a lot to say about snow. Uh, Tim. Um. I was also thinking of polar bears or alpacas, Um, (laughs) but I don't want to go with another animal. That just seems a little one note. Um, So I'm going to keep going a little bit actually on the teddy bear route. I'm going to go with the Vermont Teddy Bear Company. You guys picked totally different things than I did. This is great. Yeah. I mean, chances Um, are it'll happen. Well, yeah, I know. I, I really just expected one of you guys to go. All right. Let's see. Vermont Teddy Bear Company. Got it. All right. Well, these are both good choices. Uh, just just for the sake of argument, I actually uh, got us out of here or got out of here via the link to Shipwrecked. Oh, so there you go. Nice. There is an entire page about shipwrecks and it's kind of fun, but uh, I'm not going to talk about shipwrecks, though. That's another page for another time. Uh, we are instead going to polar bears. Yeah, polar bears, which are also really kind of cute. How are they that cute? The Inuit refer to the animal as Nanook. They have large furry feet and short, sharp, stocky claws for traction. Is that nice? Well, I mean, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. They are uh, they are enormous animals. Um, oh my gosh, I I can't believe how like every every time I see a picture of one, I'm like, oh, that's not that large. But it's just because they're surrounded by snow and land and white, you know, landscape. Right. The polar bear is the most carnivorous member of the bear family because there's ain't nothing there except meat. (laughs) Other things made out of meat and ice. Uh, I'm especially appreciative of their scientific name, Ursus Maritimus, which is Latin for maritime bear. (laughs) They're the Hemingway of the bear world. (laughs) Yeah. So the the polar bears have really long necks, which they use to search holes for seals. Makes, Makes sense. sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is interesting that they're kind of closely related to the brown bear, which I, mm-hmm. I would not have guessed that. Um, what would you they, guess they'd be related to? I guess. I mean, Grizzly? it makes sense. Yeah. I Because I, that's more along the size that I think of yeah. when I think of polar bear. But and polar um, bears are pretty fierce. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Do they say what to do if you ever run into one? Let's see. 
They do say uh, that they're active year round. They have a vestigi- the vestigial hibernation induction trigger in their oh. blood. But wait, they what? Don't, they <laughs> their don't. Blood just shuts off. Is yeah. that? <laughs> well, no. Well, there's okay. We're gonna have to go to hibernation induction trigger. I mean, I think that's how other animals hibernate. Wow. Um, yeah, I, I do not know enough about this. It's a bit of a misnomer, though, it says. Uh, although research in the 1990s hinted at the ability to induce torpor in animals by injection of blood taken from a hibernating animal, further research has been unable to reproduce this phenomenon. There are substances in hibernator blood that can lend protection to organs for possible transplant. This looks like it's talking more about trying to pass it on to other animals, but apparently that's what, you know, polar bears have it in there. They just don't use it because they're active all year round except for pregnant females they don't you know Weird. they have a they have a period where they're just kind of hanging out growing a kid <laughs> yep i especially enjoy uh on the the area where we're talking about dietary flexibility mm-hmm. um they have a picture here that is char- characteristic postures of the yeah. polar bear which Pretty is great. which is yoga if i've ever seen it bear yoga i'm going to uh i'm going to add this cuz it's <laughs> phenomenal yoga bear yeah <laughs> yes wow oh, how did man. i not get there to... how did you not do that thank hey, you boo boo shift slowly <laughs> into warrior three pose <laughs> uh yeah that's basically what it is now if you want to do yoga like a bear it's not that difficult <laughs> just no. basically lay around do downward dog and then eat a seal yeah <laughs> is that what that is i'm just trying to figure out what that was <laughs> I'm not sure. When feeding. When feeding. But it never actually shows them like 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 the mouth he's like, uh, I'm gonna get contact there. with the seal. He's kind of doing like the airplane thing, like oh, I'm going to get it. <laughs> um, <laughs> polar bears are actually capable of fasting up to several months. Uh, since they cannot hunt seals because the sea is frozen in summer and early fall. Oh wow. Which black bears and brown bears cannot fast that long. <laughs> they're a pretty cool animal yeah uh, but it's for a while i don't know if this is true or not or if it's just one of those like old wives tales but i heard that the polar bear is our only natural predator i heard that a while back our only natural predator it's like the only animal that when it sees us is like yes like i should totally <laughs> yep. eat that i want to eat that thing <laughs> i don't know if that's true or not no, i believe about, it like way. like the alligator well, they actually they more or less they leave want? us alone unless we bother them. Um, they uh, they'll generally just kind of chill. They're like, yeah, that's a pretty large thing. I don't know what to do. They, I mean, unless we're like encroaching on their their turf or their surf, I suppose. Yeah. Um, they they really will kind of leave us alone for the most part. Yeah, I'm verifying this uh, on the man the man eater Wikipedia page. That's a thing, um, sure. It says polar bears are, since they're not used to the presence of humans, they have no fear of them. Oh, damn. And they are the only species of bear that will actively hunt people for food. Wow. Um, though with the right precautions, they are easily <laughs> deterred. So Let's probably because, because people can do things that, bear, that freak bears out, right? Like, like what? <laughs> what? Seals don't do that, waving their hands. What? How is it doing that? Does, by the way, does, does the man-eater page at the top, does it, like, does it have... Or the Holland Oats song. Yeah, disambiguation. Go here. From... <laughs> no, it has Beware of Lions, a light from vehicle at own risk. <laughs> nice. Here be Lions. Oh, wonderful. 
All right, we've spent enough time here. Uh, where are you going from polar bears? Snow is mentioned here. It is not linked. Mm-hmm. I'm afraid. I'm afraid it's going to be hard to find one to find a, a page that actually links to it. I'm going to go to the Arctic Circle. You have oh. the same problem that I had the last time. I was like all around <laughs> the fur trade. Right. Yeah. So you kind of have to think. You have to. You have to hit something that's connected enough about it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Tim. Uh, you went to the Vermont Teddy Bear Company. The Vermont Teddy Bear Company is tell us about one, it, please. It's one of the largest producers of teddy bears and the largest seller of teddy bears by mail order and internet. Wow. Um, it produces almost uh, half a million teddy bears each year. That's a lot of teddy uh, bears. It was, it was formally traded on the NASDAQ under uh, what do you think their <laughs> ticker symbol was? Uh, is it Teddy? Uh, <laughs> no, nope. it has to be four letters, right? It's four I letters. T E D I. What did I say? No. Nope. Oh, no. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I did it wrong. <laughs> is it T? I don't know. Uh, no, Sky, you're doing. You're, you're is it just bear? To, it's, it's just bear. bear. Is it really? Yeah. Yep. Tickle, tickle symbol. <laughs> Ticker no. symbol was bear. Yep. Oh no, that's so um, great. So uh, it was founded in 1983. Uh, oh. They were first an open air market in Burlington, Vermont. <laughs> but then, Fresh they happened upon bears. the idea. <laughs> yes. Well, it, it kind of gets that way. Are these they local bears? upon the idea of packaging and selling the bears through the mail. When a tourist wanted a bear mail to her home. So they created the Bear Gram. Oh, no. Which is a customized teddy bear placed in a box complete with an air hole. Amazing. And stuffed with other goodies. Oh, this is such a good idea. Uh-huh. Cool. And then How did it, this take so long to happen? Is the bear happen? stuffed with other goodies? No. No. <laughs> the air <laughs> hole is stuffed with goodies. No. Oh, jeez. Um, uh, oh. In 1997, they took on the Disney company. Whoa! They filed a copyright infringement because Disney started making poo grams. Nope, 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 Which nope. were too similar to the Bear Gram trademark and logo. So they're like, nope. But distinctly different. <laughs> in, in a poo weird sort of way. We thought that was a good idea. Um, I can't imagine. Like, marketing for the Disney company, the, the, whoever's working on the Winnie the Pooh uh, brand at any given point has to just it has to be like a minefield every day oh my gosh <laughs> okay go on tim um in valentine's day of 2005 uh vermont teddy bear caused widespread controversy by offering a crazy for you bear what which wore a white straight jacket what? with a red heart embroidered and a tag uh a tag entitled commitment papers no came with the bear <laughs> This is a terrible idea. <laughs> Mental health groups did not like this. Yeah, yeah of course. No. I imagine. No. <laughs> oh, but uh, the bear sold. Oh, my gosh. They, the company really kept sold. the bear up for sale, and it sold out quickly. But oh. Elizabeth Robert, the company head, resigned from the board of Vermont's largest hospital. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> kind of like, yeah. sorry, guys. <laughs> not the best. Uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> this is great. I love this company. In a weird sort of way, I I, I I get behind their their horrible ideas, <laughs> but for the simple fact that they have the bear gram, which is amazing. So, all right, where are we going from here, Tim? Not a lot about snow. I was kind yeah. of, and there might be something about that. Oh, there's Vermont, I guess. Right. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with pajamas. Oh, yeah. Um, pajama gram okay. also is part of this. They yeah, pajamas, of course. We have absolutely done that for a friend. You wear pajamas when it's cold, and there's snow when it's cold. 
Yeah, no, I'm I'm on board with it. We There's actually a method to my madness. We actually got pajama grams for a friend a couple Christmases ago, and they were maybe the happiest we've ever seen them. It was <laughs> great. She was like, "This is the best idea." Okay. Uh, anyway, the Arctic Circle. The Arctic Circle is, a is one of the five major circles of latitude that marks maps on the Earth. Whee. They've got a map of the Arctic Circle here, so it's basically just like the top of the globe. And <laughs> reminded me how close Russia and Canada and Greenland are. Yeah. Kind of forget about that sometimes. Yep. They're our neighbors. Hey, guys. They're right there. Hello, um, everyone. The position of the Arctic Circle is actually not fixed. It what? depends what? on the Earth's axial tilt, which makes sense when you think about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it flux, it, it, the tilt, uh, the Earth wobbles a bit, mm-hmm. right? Uh, within a margin of two degrees over a 4,000 year or 40,000 year period. Well, you know. So mostly because of tidal forces in the moon. It's currently drifting northwards at a speed of 15 meters per year. Wow. So there you go. That's actually a lot more than I would have guessed. There, there are not a lot of people that live north of the Arctic Circle. Nope. Um, <laughs> but areas have been settled for thousands of years by indigenous peoples. Ten, tens of thousands of years ago, waves of people migrated from e- eastern Serbia across the Bering Strait into North America and gradually eastward to settle. Which Pretty common knowledge, but it's good to know. It was Sometimes I forget how far north that, that was. Mm-hmm. And I just wonder what the climate was at that time and how they, oh, how they managed that. How they thought yeah. that was a good idea. <laughs> um, well, they maybe they assumed people would leave them alone. I mean, if if anything else, you know, you live yeah. in a place that's not very friendly and people aren't going to be super friendly. Right. So I think what I'm going to do. Oh, plus there's no no mention of snow. I'm really um, surprised by that, honestly. Yeah. But there is um, relatively few people live north of the Arctic Circle due to the severe climate. And severe climate is a link. So I'm going to click on that. Yeah, that should be nice. I, I do want to point out that they talk about the uh, <clears throat> the sun above the horizon for a continuous 24 hours at least once per year. Yeah. Uh, which, again, terrifies me. I don't know why. It's it's a really weird idea for me. I It would be so disorienting, I think. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so anyway, severe weather, climate. Yeah. Artificial cycles and all that. Um, yes. It took me to climate of the Arctic, by the way. That works. Not just not just severe climate, which I was really hoping. <laughs> severe climate. Uh, Tim, what? tell us about pajamas. Okay, so where do you think the term pajamas comes from? Oh my gosh. Uh, is that uh, that's rhyming slang? <laughs> I was no, going to say, not. did we did we steal yeah. it from something? I feel like this is a we, word we, we've probably... stolen like all our words from something. Right. Yes. Um, I I can't even put a guess. Pajamas. Well, I have no idea. Yeah. It, it gets spelled P Y occasionally. Was it? Yeah. Was it Asian originally? Um. Yes. Oh. Uh, huh. The word pajama. Uh, was incorporated into the English language uh, circa 1800 through the Hindustani pajama. Oh. Itself from the Persian word pajama, or I'm guessing that might be how it's pronounced, uh, literally leg garment. Oh. Oh. The original pajama are loose, lightweight trousers fitted with drawstring waistbands worn by Muslims in India and adopted by Europeans there. Which, you know, they just happen to be there, you know. Well, Europeans just happening to be around the area in the 1800s, just kind of hey, scoping around, you know. <laughs> hey, guys, you're not using this land, are you? Uh, uh, 
So wait, the way that they're describing that, and I, I, I'm sure that the original garment was nothing like this, but what they're describing there is sweatpants. In that's, a sense. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm hearing. I mean, basically, yeah. I mean, it's just loose-fitting pants with a drawstring. And a cheetah. What is and a cheetah. happening? These are, there's a, there's a, a picture of uh, men in, in pajama with hunting cheetahs. <laughs> Sweet. Around eighteen. Uh, I had no yeah. idea that there were hunting cheetahs. As opposed to vegetarian cheetahs. Right. The beautiful or lounging uh, history cheetahs. of the word uh, pajama. Uh, colloquially, we call them PJs, gym jams, or jammies. In South mm-hmm. Asia and South Africa, they're sometimes referred to as night suits. <laughs> I wish we called them night suits. Some pajamas feature a drop seat, also known as a trap door or butt nope. flap. Nope, nope, nope. I just wanted to say butt flap. Yep, I know you did. Oh, boy. But in all honesty, can you really, I, I mean, I know you're really surprised that there are hunting cheetahs, but can you really say you would not want a hunting cheetah? Oh, no, I totally want a hunting cheetah. I want one now. I like that they have this one in this picture. This guy just has this one on a leash. And he yep. also has, it. it's wearing like a, like a coat, like uh, it makes me think yeah. of like a, uh, like what the the coats that um, boxers come out in like before the match, right? Yeah, they're, they're like coming out, <laughs> or like the coats that horses wear to, before a race, like <laughs> the Kentucky Derby. It's a mix of those things. This is how yeah. you this is how you clothe your cheetah. I mean, this this puts like dog sweaters to shame, is what I'm saying. So I'm I think I'm even farther away from snow than I originally was. I'm going to try going with bare feet. Oh, I'm hoping someone walks around with bare feet in the snow. Pajamas are often worn with bare feet and sometimes without underwear. Yep. I was tempted to go with underwear. How is that? How is this a page on Wikipedia? Barefoot. All right. Oh, wow. There is a there's a picture here, but we'll we'll come back to that in a moment uh, because we're going to the Arctic first. The climate of the Arctic. Some parts of the Arctic are covered by ice, sea ice, glacial ice or snow. Yay. Snow is oh, we're there. Yep. So we'll be uh, going there. This right. is pretty much the same same thing as the last page, except it's about the weather a little bit. Yeah. Um, I was kind of mentioned. I asked, you know, what the climate was when they crossed the Bering Strait. There is not much on that, unfortunately. Um, the Vikings <laughs> explored parts of the Arctic over a millennium ago. And small numbers of people have been living along the Arctic coast for much longer. Um, scientific knowledge about the region is still slow to, to develop. Even the large islands of Zvernia, Zemalia, Somalia? I have no idea how to Just say north that, of uh, Peninsula on the Russian mainland were not discovered until 1913 and not mapped until the early 1930s. Which is crazy. It's still kind of a mystery because it's a cold place that people so, shouldn't be. Yeah. And that's why God put the polar bears there to eat us, <laughs> to tell us you, you morons shouldn't be up here. Please leave. Yeah, it's terrifying, and I can't imagine wanting to go any farther north than I am already. So, yeah, I don't get it. Exactly. So I'm just going to click on snow. Good idea. Uh, Tim, you got one click to get you there. Yep, and it's not going to (laughs) happen. Oh, no. Uh, There are references to snow in the barefoot thing, but uh, no links. Oh, So let's talk about cultural aspects and how snow factors into being barefoot. Uh, incidences and attitudes toward barefoot walking are vary between countries and cultures. In the early 1900s, Russian immigrant Samuel Sugarman, a.k.a. Barefoot Sam or Shoeless Sam, 
<laughs> became famous in Hartford, Connecticut for going barefoot all year long, even in snow and ice, until his death in 1954 at age 80. That is crazy. So he lived pretty long. Wow. Um, Samuel Sugarman was the son of noted health advocate Professor Lewis Sugarman of Little Falls, New York, who became famous for walking barefoot in the snow and bathing in the icy Mohawk River in the middle of winter. Insanity. According to a February 22, 1950 interview in the Hartford Current, um, Shoeless Sam felt walking barefoot was better for the feet and claimed it was as natural for him to go without shoes as it was for others to wear shoes. Despite this, he was seen as an eccentric. No. No. Yeah. The foot the foot does adapt to oh, yeah, shoes, right? Yes. Like, I mean, of course, they were kind of meant to be barefoot. Um, but you remember those those like those shoes that were really popular that oh, were like Oh, Sky, what do you mean remember? They the toad shoes. Yeah, they're still pretty popular. There are people at my gym now who still wear those and they... Well, they're awful. Then <laughs> they should stop wearing them. <laughs> according to my physical therapy wife uh yeah my physical therapist wife is not a fan of them just because I... you're not used to that and by the time you get your foot adapted to running barefoot you're not really that much better off than having the shoe except it oh. makes you feel super cool at the gym does it so does it really though <laughs> does it it, it really is at a <laughs> You have to decide what, what cool means to you, Sky. What does cool mean? Oh, my gosh. The The Wikipedia article links to a an old newspaper clipping about Sam Sugarman. Uh, the headline is, uh, Barefoot Sam Sugarman says cop browbeat him. Sam Sugarman, Hartford's barefoot automobile polisher, filed a complaint this week that a police sergeant had used his badge to force him to refund the money he earned polishing a car belonging to the cop's son. Sergeant Andrew O'Brien denies Shoeless Sugarman's accusations. O'Brien says he met Sugarman on the street and told him he did a lousy job on his son's car and thought Sam should refund the twelve fifty he was paid for the job. Wow, uh, that's a lot of money. He contends that Sugarman gave him ten dollars back, saying he would keep two fifty for materials used. Wow. He says that he told O'Brien his son's car would not take a good polish because of the thin surface. Like, what? Did he punch a hole in it? Like thin surface. <laughs> Sugar yeah, Man's the man who walks the streets of Hartford barefooted in all kinds of weather because of a foot ailment. <laughs> that's that's O'Brien almost... checked a sample polish spot on the car before he went ahead, Sugar Man asserts. Wait, how did that get lower than Sugar Man's the man who walks the streets of Hartford barefoot in all kinds of weather? It almost sounds like uh like that's a, a funk song opening. Yeah, yeah, that's the tagline to this guy's sitcom. Like Sugar Man's the man. Yeah, basically. <laughs> Sugarman says O'Brien took a piece of paper from his hat and pretended he was writing an arrest slip that would put Sam behind bars. What? How much money have you got in your pocket, Sugarman quotes O'Brien is asking. When he replied, not very much, Sugarman says O'Brien told him he had better get some in a hurry. Uh, how is this a news story? It's an old news great. story. I mean, this was basically how the, the possum eating was. Um, yeah, yeah. This is what news was then. Meanwhile, barefooted Sam continues wait, wait. to walk the streets of Hartford, habitually knocking small pieces of paper off the street with his walking <laughs> stick, and vows that someday he will make O'Brien return the $10. That's absolutely a folktale waiting to happen. <laughs> oh, man. Does it happen? Uh, no. We'll never know. When you see, when you see small bits of paper that's off the side know. of the sidewalk, that's, that's shoeless, Sugar shoeless Sam. Uh, that's him. He's there. He's still vowing. Still somehow, seeking his $10. You somehow skipped over this one paragraph 
uh, after talking about the, uh, the, the money itself uh, and the lack thereof, Sugarman says he later figured that he had been taken for a sleigh ride in May. That, that's how he described this to the news person. That made it into the news, into print. Anyway, all like, right. There's an ad on the side. It says, the perfect thirst quencher, cool, delicious milk. Drink more milk. It's so good for you. Oh, man. We need the With sister hyphens. podcast where we just look it's at S-O old newspapers. O hyphen O. That's yeah, that we, might be a good podcast, too. I was going to say, we, we, have to, we need a podcast now for old newspaper clippings and then also our found sound one. Don't forget about that. Um, this is, oh, there, yes. There's money in these. There's yeah. money in these. There's money in podcasts. Somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, then their podcasts. Absolutely. So, all right. Well, uh, we did get to snow, and uh, I mean, what do we really want to know about it other than it is snow and terrible? It's awful. Yeah. How do we destroy it? How do we destroy <laughs> really, it? How do we kill it, guys? How um, do we destroy this thing? There's different types of snow we could talk about. <laughs> uh, there are actually. That's part of what brought me here as well. Uh, the different kinds of snow. Um, and there's there's a lot. Uh, Do you guys know what Graupool is? Grapple? No, no. But I really want to now. It's the type of yeah. It's the type of snow um, that forms in the form of a ball due to the melting and refreezing cycles. So it's not a flake; it's a ball. Ice pellets and snow pellets are types of Graupool. Do you guys know what different types of snow are on the ground that can be powdery <laughs> when it's fluffy, granular well, when it I begins know. the cycle of melting and freezing? And eventually ice once it packs down into a dense drift. Or just crap. You know? <laughs> a slushy crap. Do you guys know what hoarfrost is? I've always heard of hoarfrost, but I don't know what it is. Hoarfrost? Uh, yeah, H-O-A-R frost. Yeah, I have actually heard the word. I do not remember specifically what it is at this moment. It's the frozen equivalent of dew. Oh, that's right. Yeah, it's just oh. really, it's on the tips of the, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh... Like on, on, you would find it on, yeah, on grass, on the, just the tips of grass mm-hmm. or leaves, I suppose. Yeah. I just never knew there was a name for it, but that makes sense. Oh yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of different names for this stuff. Yeah. Do you know how snowfall's intensity is measured? It's Holding right. out your hand? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's really snowy out there. Scientifically, it's not, it's I guess. A little. The actual snowfall's intensity is measured by visibility. When the visibility is over one kilometer, snow is considered light. Moderate snow is between 0.5 and 1 kilometer. Then heavy is when it's less than 0.5 kilometer. Wow. Uh, I would like to break from that to mention that there is extraterrestrial snow because uh, I did not notice that the first time I looked at this article. And they specifically say uh, very light snow is known to occur at high latitudes on Mars. Okay. A, a snow, quote unquote, snow of hydrocarbons is also theorized to occur on Saturn's moon Titan crazy and apparently on uh while there's little little to no water on venus there is a phenomenon which is quite similar to snow um i guess that's what they're talking like it substance arguably formed from a process similar to snow albeit at a far higher temperature (laughs) (laughs) so not a great idea do not throw a snowball on venus basically you i mean if you have survived up to this point you will surely die at that point so yeah, yeah, you don't want that. All right, that is that is pretty amazing. Thank you for coming on this journey with me from teddy bears to snow, guys. Yeah, good times. It was a good time, and and while we are cold wrapping time. things up, it was a very cold time. It was very chill. 
Um, but you have a teddy bear to snuggle up with. Aw. Oh. Um, while we are wrapping this up, uh, we actually have a couple things. Uh, Sky, do you want to tackle the, the review? We actually got a review. Sure. We got a review, and we said that we would we would review reviews, <laughs> basically, on our yeah. show. <laughs> yeah, pretty good review. Um, uh, give it one thumb. One yeah. thumb up. Uh, I did not pay a Wendell for this <laughs> review, but it's the best podcast game show ever. There have been a lot of podcasts that have tried to have game shows, but a lot of them always seem to get lost in the limitations they have in being on the radio. Not these guys. They make it a point to explain a simple but fun game that anyone can play. Their electric personalities help to make the podcast oh. incredibly entertaining. I think she's reviewing the wrong podcast, but I will take it. I don't it. care. Yeah, I'll she absolutely take it. Yeah. I've never I've never been described as having an electric, electric personality, personality, but yeah. I love I think- it. Maybe this the only whole thing, thing I is think just of when I hear like <laughs> when I hear like electric or, or electrifying is like John Travolta in Greece. Yeah. During no, the song, no, just kind of like shaking fine. on the ground. Tim, that's exactly where I was going with that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, that's us. All three yeah. of us are that right at this particular moment all the we time are, during this we're podcast. The John, the John Travoltas or of, John's Travolta. Yeah. Of, <laughs> of electrifying. <laughs> Podcasting. Oh, podcast games <laughs> yep this reviewer That's does our, make an is. interesting point though like <laughs> i guess i never really thought about it but there aren't a lot of game show podcasts that i've listened to and i'm guessing this for a reason and <laughs> i think it's because our podcast is part game show part trivia part messing around on the internet yeah <laughs> which is funny because the three of us i think focus on different parts of oh of that totally, yes and so it all comes together uh, in the end, but you're, yeah. you're saying this to the guy who spent a half hour talking about teddy bears exactly. at the beginning of this podcast. <sighs> teddy bears are so interesting. Um, I told you guys, but yeah, thank you for the review. Um, you guys yes, should follow absolutely. suit, you listeners, all of you out there, both, both of you, both uh, of you. Give us, I mean, even if you just give us a rating in iTunes, that's great. Um, if we can oh. get enough ratings to actually have a rating display on our page, that would be amazing. <laughs> Um, but yeah, give us a re- take a take a little time to give us a review. Um, it doesn't have to be as glowing as this one. Yeah, if you guys want to try to outdo a Wendell, feel free. Yes. Um, so yeah, that's our review. Uh, did you want to cover the the correction? Did, uh, did yeah, you see that you email. I did. That? I didn't see your. What was the correction itself? Here, I'll get to the post here. So we actually have a correction, I guess, for our segment called We Should Know Better. About, yes. Of, and We Should Know Better. Um, my friend Lizzie actually uh, posted on our Facebook that Rudy Giuliani did run in the 2008 primaries, but he did not do well. Um, and we, I, I was like, I, I think we said that he did. Um, <laughs> but we, I went back to the tape and we actually say no. Like... I'm like, did he, did, did he, even, <laughs> I'm like, did he even make the primaries? And you, and you're like, no. And then Tim's no. like, no, I'm like, uh, oh. but I think, I'm sorry, Lizzie. I apologize for letting you down. Yeah. So we were wrong on that. I think what we kind of meant was he just kind of sucked at the primaries, but we didn't say that. We, we said yeah, he did he, not he make, didn't do well. uh, I looked up the, his, his campaign and yeah, it's essentially he did not focus on the early primaries like he should have. And um, that worked out very poorly for him. So it's kind of, I think that's what you were alluding to, Tim, when you said that uh, he thought he could coast through and um, 
you know, yep. only hit the ones that were important. So, so thank you, Lizzie. Um, as a reward, I will, Lizzie actually has a podcast. Um, oh. uh, she, uh, hosts it with her husband. Um, it's called the good, the bad and the worth watching. It's about movies. Um, they watch movies and they tell you whether it's good, bad, and whether it's worth good or bad or whether it's worth watching. Um, oh yeah. Cause something can be bad and still worth watching. Exactly. Absolutely. Exactly. Um, and this month is actually bad movie month, um, for them. So they are watching, you know, bad movies and telling you what they think about them. So it's been pretty, pretty entertaining so far. Uh, one was their first episode. They covered two movies. They cover they cover Reefer Madness and One Miss oh, Call. That's a that's a classic. Oh yes, absolutely. Oh, you classic. know Reefer Madness or One Miss Call? You don't know Reefer Madness? No, I had no idea what they were talking about. Yeah. This guy, I haven't even seen so these, and they were still. It's still fun Tim, to listen to them. Tim, you've seen this movie, right? I haven't seen it yet. What? I am aware of it. I really want to what? see uh, One Miss Call after hearing them talk about it because it sounds it's just a ridiculous horror movie. But anyway, I'm so yeah. disappointed, both of you. You can um, you can find that <laughs> podcast. It's this is all in the URL: the good, the bad, and the worth watching. Blogspot.com. Wonderful, and you'll find their feed there. So, yeah. Well, you can also find us. Uh, first off, thank you for the for the correction. We'll try to you know. Eventually, we'll we'll know a little bit more as we continue going to these pages. Yeah. We'll but try to be less wrong in the future. In the future, I'm I'm not going to guarantee that we'll be right. Right. <laughs> we'll be less wrong. We'll try. In the future. Yeah. We're aiming for what twenty five percent rightness. I mean, you know. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can find us uh, on Twitter at wskbcast and uh, on er, at our uh, on iTunes uh, at We Should Know Better. And our web webpage is wskbcast.blogspot.com. So uh, thank you guys for coming along on this ride uh, with me today. And uh, you can go find a teddy bear to hug, and maybe it will help you stay warm this uh, this week. All right. See you later. See you guys. Hey, stay warm. <laughs> I'm always trying. <laughs> go get some coffee.